May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. These are the first words we hear Jesus speak in the Gospel of Mark. Before this, we've heard words being spoken about Jesus. The foretelling of the coming of the Lord, with John the Baptist preparing the way in the wilderness. John's declaration that one more powerful than him is coming. One who will baptise not with water, as John has been doing, but with the Holy Spirit. Words from heaven, spoken just as Jesus emerges from the water of baptism. You are my son, the beloved. With you, I am well pleased. Now Jesus is heard for the first time himself. And the words he speaks are words of confidence, of urgency of appeal, of invitation. They are the words of someone who knows what he is about and what needs to be done. The time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. Well, we might be tempted to say, well, of course he knows and speaks that way. He's the son of God. Yet why are these words not spoken until after Jesus has been baptised and heard the declaration from heaven and experienced temptation? Before Jesus faces the trial in the wild, he hears the words of love and encouragement, reinforcing who he is, the beloved son of God, the one with whom God is pleased and not just a bit pleased, well pleased. Why might Jesus's confident words not be spoken till after he's been through temptation? That experience that we try to enter into ourselves with him as best we can in Lent. Unlike other gospel writers, Mark gives us very little detail about what that temptation involved other than that Jesus was in the wilderness, that place again, for 40 days, that he was tempted by Satan, was among wild beasts, and that angels waited on him. In the longer accounts in Matthew and Luke, Jesus is challenged by the devil, who uses a small but powerful word, if. If you are the son of God, and if you will worship me. There are challenges to Jesus that go to the heart of who he is, who he will become, what he will do, and how he will do it. The tempter targets the heart of the matter, trying to sow seeds of doubt, to undermine Jesus at his core, to entice him to take the easier way of power and control than the way Jesus will eventually walk of self-giving love. 
Could it be that God's assurance to Jesus of how much he is loved was what carried him through temptation? Could it be that this knowledge and the rejection of the devil in the wilderness enabled Jesus to speak his first words of such confidence that he is certain about his identity and about how his mission of the kingdom will be shaped? Can we, as the church, the people who bear Christ's name, and seek to follow his way, be confident about who we are and what we are to be about. Thinking of wilderness experiences brought to my mind a film I've really enjoyed called Wild. One or two of you may have heard me mention this film once before. It stars Reese Witherspoon, and is the powerful true story of Cheryl Strayed, whose personal life collapses with the end of her marriage and the death of her mother, leaving her feeling without hope. After years of reckless, self-destructive behaviour, she makes a really rash decision. With no hiking experience at all, Driven only by sheer determination, Reese, as Cheryl, sets off into the wilds alone to hike more than a thousand miles of the Pacific Crest Trail. I'm not going to give any spoilers away, but it's a wilderness journey of self-discovery that strengthens and heals her. Along the way, she has to face her own particular particular wild beasts, memories of her past, menacing behaviour from male hunters, extreme weather conditions, learning to use camping gear with no previous experience. In one sequence, before she sets foot on the trail, Cheryl sets about packing her huge rucksack with all the gear she expects to need in the wild, sleeping mats and bag, tents, water purifying pump, large water bottle, stove, food. And when she's packed all that, she realizes she needs, still needs to fill the plastic water reservoir, something like a big hot water bottle for the water she will need. And then she still needs to pack that into the rucksack too, which makes it incredibly heavy. If you've ever lifted a large amount of water you'll know how heavy it can be and that's on top of all the gear she's already stuffed into the rucksack. Reese, as Cheryl tries sitting on the floor of her motel room to put her pack on and wobbles one way and then the other and discovers she can't stand up and in the end she ends up stuck beneath the weight of it gets us to ask the question, maybe running through her mind, can she really carry all of this? She stuffs into her rucksack way more than she needs. Yet heading out into the, the unknown, how was she to know? Wouldn't you or I have been the same? Lent offers us a time to consider what we really need 
to carry with us and what we need to leave behind physically, emotionally, spiritually. It can help us to think about what is essential to our life as the church and what isn't. This might be one area we'll be thinking about and discussing in the Lent conversations that we will be taking part in in the team over the coming weeks. Something I'm really excited about and there is still time to join in. What are the essentials that we need to pack if we are to be the people Jesus calls us to be? What are the things we might be tempted to go on carrying, but which only weigh us down and prevent us walking with energy into the future God wants for us? Through her time in the wilderness, in the wild, Cheryl Strayed finds confidence and healing. Strengthened by the affirmation of God's love for him, and delight in him. Jesus emerges from his wilderness temptation with a clear sense of who he is and what he is to do. That is borne out in the very next scenes in Mark as Jesus speaks again, firstly to call others to follow him and to teach and to heal. Might this Lent, with our own spiritual practice and disciplines, things we might try that we've never tried before, different ways of praying, finding times of silence, engaging with our Bibles. Might this be a time from which we emerge with a clearer sense of who we are and what we need to be about, not just for us, for the sake of the kingdom and to God's glory. Amen.